Normally, I open a podcast, but not today. It's a little too loud. Hi, and welcome to A Little, a little Too, too loud. loud. I'm Julia. <laughs> and I'm Erin. And we're joined today by Everett. Hello. And a uh, reoccurring guest on the show is <laughs> <laughs> Jeff. Thanks for coming back, Jeff. Hello, this is Jeff. Uh, this is a special episode of A Little Too Quiet. It's brought to you by the Friends of the Ferndale Library. It's otherwise known as the Ferndale Library Podcast, but today we're doing something a little different. Yes, today we're sponsored by Cardboard. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> a little too loud. Um, the sillier version of the podcast. Today we're talking about art. Yeah, so it's actually a little bit more of a serious conversation today. Oh, it won't be. No. Oh, no, it won't be, but shut that's down. okay. <laughs> um, no. <laughs> Julie, did you just shut it down? Shut <laughs> Julia makes the rules. Say it with me, everyone. Shut it down. <laughs> I okay. wasn't ready. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. Back back to the art. <laughs> back to the art. The art of? Art. The art uh, of art. Yeah. No, no, we're, today we're talking about a lot of kinds of art that you see in the library. Because, you know, we do have many forms of art within the building, right? We have our paintings. We do programs. And we've got even books illustrations it's everywhere one might say everett perhaps there's even an art to youth librarianship one might say it's an art form i'll do it so whoa i those are the three of you i'm not one of (laughs) one of those but i'd love to hear about it you are slightly honorary (laughs) department it's okay i did bring a book but that's for later yes no we wanted to start by talking about art in like the most traditional sense um so we were thinking about like for instance we have all these beautiful paintings hung around the library. Oh yeah. yeah we want to we want to get into how you source paintings for the library and other art forms. Do you have an art dealer? Are you an art dealer? <laughs> so the library has an art and exhibitions committee and thus an art program and we regularly exhibit art throughout the year, usually 6 shows per year and they're all local artists. And lately we got a enough of a budget to start adding on to our permanent collection, which we'd had one before. Mm-hmm. It was fledgling at best. It was small. It was meager. These are all mean words to say. We did have a permanent art collection, one of which was a, a statue of two bears by Marshall Fredericks that I was under the impression was <laughs> one, one of a kind. kind. Yeah. Impressions were shattered today. Um, Ever will not be privy to this yet, but we've been doing some um, touring to other libraries for Morris the Mouse. That's and a whole thing. A whole thing. Yeah, the All Together um, Now tour. Yes. A different type of artistic expression. A different yes. type of artistic expression. Uh, and we went to the Southfield Library, and lo and behold, people... <laughs> people the same bear statue the same bear statue allegedly it's a different one but i don't know i have spot the difference spot the difference not only that but royal oak also had one yeah a copy of a copy of a copy now that's no shade at marshall fredericks the great artist who brought us the spirit of detroit uh so that well that statue 
greets and says farewell to anyone coming in and out of kids corner so it it is at least special here we've put it people love it yeah Yeah, i think we can all attest at least in the youth room right that children will go and greet and say goodbye to uh that statue um when whenever they come or exit the youth corner we got that statue in 1954 i wasn't here uh (laughs) but that's at least how long we've had it so i don't know jeff you've been here forever are you sure (laughs) no This is a good shout out to a community supporting your library and voting for a millage because that's part of why we're able to buy more art. Otherwise, up until that point, we had to rely on art donations. So artists who are showing here would say, oh, thanks for letting me show here. I really love the library. You can have this piece. If you display it and let people see it, you can have it for free. And now we are able to go out and you source art directly from artists yourself that you search and research and find. like. Yes. Our beautiful, wonderful um, piece in the youth room with our snail and our mouse. Yeah. And there's another image in there that includes, an, I think the Penobscot building is visible through kind of a storybookish scene. So I had once I was given money to buy art, I had a small wish list of artists that I really wanted to get because I have a lot of friends in the art scene. But now we're every artist that kind of comes in, we're we're in love with everything they do and we just kind of pick a piece and we add it to the library. Mm-hmm. Now, speaking on bringing art in, um, we're doing something else with bringing art in, aren't we? With our tiny art exhibits. Yeah, wow. What this a is... great segue. I know. We planned this out. We sure did. We're really good at this. Nothing if not organized. That's right. <laughs> Thank you. So yes, we are having another tiny art exhibition. We had one in November. We passed out art kits with these little tiny canvases that were five inches by five inches and little tiny easels and little tiny cups with little tiny globules of, of, of paint. And normal size unless, paintbrushes. Unless I was pouring the paint, then you get a lot. A if generous you, pour. If you got a Julia kit, you got a lot of paint. You're welcome. Yeah. Although. Layer up that canvas. I don't mind saying this part on, on Mike. When we were throwing the kits together, Everett, wasn't there like a funny instance where someone got the wrong kit? Yes. Uh, <laughs> this might have been a Julia a, situation. A, uh, a very nice patron called the library to say, I picked up my kit, but one of them had 46 paint brunches in it. Um, and they were, they were kind enough to bring them back. And we were able to give them the supplies they needed in return. Um, but... Yes, it was it was a whole assembly line. There were yeah. a lot of people involved in making those kits possible and they uh we had a really good response to them yeah. again. Yeah. And it's nice cuz this time it is open to all ages, so mm-hmm. we've got families that enjoyed it last time, new families doing it this time and the art will be up over the summer. That's true. Last time we were like, hey, adults, crafty adults, you can do this. But what we found was a lot of parents came and said, kids, we did it with the kids. And sometimes the kids even did it. So we opened it up this year and it was great. We already gave away a hundred and then we gave away like 20 more. So hopefully people will bring them back and you're hearing this in time. June 29th is the date of the reception. And speaking of art receptions, um, the youth department also does a bit of a tiny art exhibit. Ever, do you want to talk about that? Yeah, well, um, it all started with a uh, modest squirrel from Fern Forest named Cornelius who had a dream of having a museum, Uh, his museum of found objects, which uh, 
is made possible by a donated sign from Baldwin's Idea Lab, as well as all the creative work from the youth librarians in building it um, to feature all of his tiny art. Um, and that was inspired from the scavenger hunt we started last fall. Now we have a seasonal scavenger hunt where uh, youth librarians use all of their creativity and all the cardboard to um, make little scavenger hunt items so that you and your families can come in and hunt around the youth department uh, to see if you can find all of the lost objects. Uh, we did one this spring, it's wrapping up, mm -hmm. and we've got another one planned for the summer. So stay tuned, Coming, come June, um, you will be hearing about our new summer scavenger hunt um, and all of that really was inspired by the seasonal decorations we started uh, in the fall. So when you come through the kids' corner each season, you're going to see a lot of the same friendly uh, fern forest uh, faces um, from Bobby Bear, Cornelius Squirrel, of course, and many others, but seasonally appropriate. Maybe they have a scarf. Maybe they got a flower in their hair. Um, and maybe they're wearing sunglasses. Maybe they're wearing maybe. sunglasses. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't know about that. <laughs> That's not on the spreadsheet, Jeff. Uh, so right now you can find tulips, but in the summer we're going to have a bit more of a garden theme. Uh, so uh, definitely stop by in the summer and stay tuned. See, yeah, see what our creative minds have created again out of cardboard yeah and uh the items from the spring scavenger hunt will be turned into more tiny art that'll be available to view in our little tiny museum yeah see all the youth librarians work on that art together and you know? jeff. yes honorary youth librarian jeff um <laughs> I, I, I should say, I don't know how much suspense we need. This episode, folks are hearing it on June 10th, so I don't know if things are ready yet. We won't go too into much detail okay. about it. Don't worry. It's I'm just okay. going to say everyone is doing a great job Making at creating art. art right now okay. to go into the next display. That's Get right. ready to see it whenever. Yeah. Everyone's done art. a great job uh, with theirs. It's, it's going to be really fun, and people should look forward to that later on. Yes. Yes. It... I don't know if we mentioned it is 4.30 on a weekday and I my memory does not go further back than two minutes ago. I don't know if ever mentioned that the museum itself actually did get a spotlight at the art reception that yep. we did host for the tiny art. So we brought yeah. it up, we moved it around it'll, and we didn't spill anything. In. It's it, it was fine. It was fine. It was, I was not there to supervise. There was, was there was great, the, but okay. there was art in it, but you designed the museum itself to the floor and even the yeah. outside and there's a little bench. A mural on the ceiling. Mm -hmm. Gotta love the mural. Yeah. Very evenly designed, like checkered board mm -hmm. design. <laughs> a oh, green yeah. roof. A That's green right. roof. That's just an like, important detail. Yeah, just like our library. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah, yeah. It all kind of connects in together, which I think is great. Um, and we, you know, speaking though of like our building and art, kind of in, in the children's room having art and whatnot too, you know, there's a lot of other ways that we do art in the youth department, right? Besides the cardboard cutouts and our tiny art museum, stuff like that. We also do in programming, right? We do. And yeah, I wanted to mention that we for we have been doing take-home kits um, once a month. And every kit is got a new idea in it, a new craft. Uh, so it's... Um, we bring them out beginning of the month and it's just while supplies last and 
so if we are out of our May ones, but come June, we'll have a new take home kit. Um, and our, yeah, the youth librarians put together one creative one after another, uh, usually kind of geared to ages three to eight. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can always ask at the youth desk to see if we have any new ones. Yeah, so Julia, you did the last kit, the May kit, right? Yeah, it was a wonderfully cheerful sun and rainbow that uh, you can probably still see on the window in the youth room. I think we're keeping it up this summer. It's just so cheerful. Um, Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I think those are always such a great hit um, Mm -hmm. that you could go and take something from the library home. And you can do it as like a nice bonding activity between caregiver and child to make some art together. Yep. You have all the supplies you need generally, some some well-written instructions, everything you need. Yeah, it's, it's really great. Uh, and then we even do art, not just through, you know, programs that you do at home and stuff like that, but... I've heard rumor that this summer we might even have some art kind of themed programming happening. You heard correct, Erin. Uh-huh. It's always uh-huh. as if I attended these meetings all. <laughs> we have a great spread of programming coming out this summer. Um, summer reading starts June 17th. So I will just plug that our kickoff event is going to be at Martin Road Park on June 17th starting at 1 p.m. That's where you can sign up for summer reading, but also have a lot of fun uh, with lawn games, snacks. There's going to be live music. Um, The story trail, of course, is there at Martin Road Park. So there'll be a new story uh, for you all to see there. Um, But with summer reading comes with summer programs. Uh, We do have a great group of programs, some that are art and some that are not art based, but art ones we have go for a range of ages we're gonna we have a lot of art programming up in july Mm -hmm. i will tell you so uh we've got painting with mr lamar which some of you listeners might remember this will be the third time uh, mr lamar from living arts detroit will be coming back to the library but his first in-person program it's been all virtual in the past so this is very exciting uh so if you've enjoyed that program in the past please come, please register. Um, I'll all be available. All of these programs will be available on our online event calendar. So uh, all the information there and ways to register will be online. Uh, We're also, back by popular demand, bringing Open Spot Theater, doing our Acting for Kids program. That's ages five to 12. Uh, Tiny Tots, Paint with Shapes. Uh, This is gonna be for ages two to four, where, the where kiddo and caregiver can we're going to put together a painting just using some basic shapes so think circles think triangles Um, we'll see what we can create together Um, diy animal masks uh, that's ages five to eight so you're going to be able to go home with your own animal mask at the end of that program Uh, we have a couple teen and you know older age programs with teen sharpie tie-dyeing teen crafting circle and a zine workshop that's actually ages seven and up so a lot of creative potential this summer and i know that you're a very creative community ferndale so come on out sign up for these programs ask us questions about them and we are happy to talk about what we have here at the library 
Side note, if I were to have an animal mask, it would be definitely cat for me, and Jeff would have a badger one. (laughs) A badger mask? A badger mask. Oh, yes. You could just wear it everywhere. Please attend the program, Jeff. Everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Jeff, pretend to be. not see Jeff's face I'm interpreting that as we would rather see a badger than Jeff. Why why would you interpret Which that's a spoiler alert based on what my book is later. That comes later. <laughs> it all it all ties in. But um, yeah, I was going to say opening up the arts. We have the summer concert series as well. Do we want to yeah. touch on that? Of course we do. This is such a serious podcast. I know. We told well, you. We, we you came with trust. a list of topics to discuss. You are both throwing me off. This Jeff, is you had no faith in us. I had no faith in you being serious. No, that's an accurate statement. For the listeners at home. I am wounded. The professionalism was planned. I do, however, have a puppet on my finger right now. (laughs) That's 100% true. If only you could see. And Oh, you have to tell the listeners the rainbow trout's name. Um, This rainbow trout is named Captain. And Captain, we decided, has very good penmanship and typing ability. And likes to bake. Yes. So we have the annual summer concert series, and we host it out in the courtyard, which is great. We have monthly concerts that are indoors, and Michigan's usually cold nine months out of the year anyway, so it's good to have it indoors. But now that it's summer, we like to have them outside, and we like to have them uh, at 6.30, so you can you know finish your dinner and come by and hang out with the whole family. Uh, bring a lawn chair, bring a blanket, chill out, enjoy some music, and yeah, it's great. Some cool tunes and jams. Yeah. As you say, I'm sure. Some yeah. cool jams, which I Some think you guys super just... Super cool tunes. Super cool tunes. You just said in a, in, a, in a recent video. We have... And this is also when we have artists who are still Michigan-based, so we still count them as local, but we, we invite artists from out, quote-unquote, out of town to come in. So we have an artist coming in from Ann Arbor named Danny Darling, who does a mixture of funk and psychedelic disco but she's fantastic and then we have chris bathgate who comes all the way from pinckney michigan bringing uh yeah bringing a five foot tall like pump organ with him like an like an old school church organ uh and he does kind of an ambient folk thing he's an amazing singer and then we have the theater bazaar orchestra which is a throwback to 40s big band jazz Ooh. With a macabre Halloween twist. So, yeah. It's going to be great. So, okay. yeah. 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 <laughs> the, the whole schedule is on, on the website. In fact, Danny Darling's coming up very soon after you're hearing this podcast. So, you better be there. Now, okay. We've, we've done a lot of program plugging, so just to switch tracks a little bit, let's talk about art in books and get back to our, our library roots. Oh, yeah. In the most traditional sense. You know, there's a lot of elements I would say we can all agree on in both, you know, the, the cover choices for an adult, you know, level reading uh, to the beautiful illustrations in a children's book. I think we can all agree that there's a wide variety and range of art. But let's talk a little bit about like our favorites and yeah. you know some, some interesting things in art, I think, would be kind of a fun. We, we asked everyone to bring a book to talk about the art style in. That could be a picture book. It could be the cover of a book. I'm not sure anyone did that today. 
um, graphic novel. So we've got we've got a good selection here. Aaron does not have a book on the table. My book was yeah, checked out. OMG. It's clearly a popular choice. <laughs> you have good taste. Um, no, here's here's the problem. And I did my this to myself both for book talk this week and also uh, for this podcast. I have these recommendations and I had them on displays. And then people take the books off of the displays and check them out. Aaron, you're like, playing a dangerous yeah. game. I know. People I just, are checking out books from the displays. Uh, Unheard of. Oh, it's, my gosh. You were, so you were like, I'm going to need these books later. I better put them out on display. <laughs> yeah. No, I think what's happened is I put them on display thinking like, oh, this is a great book for graphic novel display that I've got in the kids area. Because like, I love this book. And then it's on the forefront of my brain when we're like, mm, earning books. What about that one graphic novel? And folks at home, when you come into a library, <laughs> a book display is sort of a filter of sorts. There's what, 97,000 books in this building? A display is kind of saying, pick this one, pick this one. <laughs> it's Aaron, highlighting certain Dangerous titles. game, pick this one. <laughs> You know, clearly someone else appreciates the art in the book like I do. Clearly. That's all I have to say. Wait, how it's happened twice. Now that we've gone on about it, we need to know what it is. You should go first. What was it? What okay. Was it? So the book that I'm um, talking about is the book Isla to Island uh, by Alexis Castellanos. Um, it's a great book. It's detailing this girl's journey. She immigrates from uh, Cuba over to America. She's got to leave behind her parents. It's very, very traumatic for her. And um, what's most interesting about this book, besides the very well-crafted story, is that, one, it's wordless. It's pictures only. Uh, so, you know, the art is really carrying the story here. And um, they also use color in a very interesting way. So, you know, rather than using a very wide color palette or playing with like warm and cool or um, something of that sort of nature, what they do is they tell story through the use of color. So at the beginning, we're in Cuba, life is great. We've got this beautiful range of colors. It's very vivid. And um, upon her immigration over to America and the separation from her family, it's gone to a complete grayscale. And uh, color is slowly reintroduced in this book through attachments that she gains and reminders that she's had from Cuba. And, you know, her life starts to flourish in America and she reconnects uh, with the world around her. We see the reintroduction of color. So it's a very great use of color in storytelling and a really interesting take, I think, of the use of color and the use of art. Uh, to tell a very moving, kind of heavy story uh, in a way that's very accessible to kids. Because uh, this is a J graphic. It's not even like a, a YA. Oh, wow. Yeah. So the whole time I thought it was YA. I that's know, a heavy, right? heavy subject. Matter. It's a very heavy subject, but it's handled very delicately, I yeah. think. Um, and part of that has to do with the fact that no words, just pictures. It conveys the concepts very cleanly. Um, in a very soft and approachable manner. Nice. Uh, so that was my book choice, and nice. I'm very glad it's now in the hands of some child at home uh, for them to enjoy. 
That's great. Who should go? Who should go next? Yes, ever. I was going to say, if you're out there listening, reader, who checked this book out, we all would love to hear what you thought about it and its illustrations. Yes. Next time you're in the library, yes, please, call in to the please come into the library and <laughs> ask ask the librarian to talk to Aaron. Whoever's at the youth desk, you know, be like, hey, I checked out the book. I would love to talk about it because I would love to talk about it with you, child. Uh, Julie has warned, has solicited calls to the podcast at least three times during <laughs> I her time. Uh, As co-host. Well, you, <laughs> I would like that to be a feature. You can write us, well, two things real quick. <laughs> this isn't live. <laughs> That's a big problem. Uh, but we do, we will accept fan mail if you want to email us at podcast yeah. at org. Or yeah. write us a letter. Or write us an actual Please letter. Please do. I would love to receive we a letter. We love the USPS. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Or even reach out on any of our social media. If mm -hmm. you, you know, our Facebook, uh, our Instagram, our TikTok, however you like to to reach out and contact us, we would love to hear. Unfortunately, calling is not yet available. Yeah. Not yet. <laughs> not Stay yet. tuned, folks. I think the same thing every time, Julia. I just wish but we'll have to keep wishing. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, so Julia, you do have like an actual YA graphic. Do you want to talk about yours? I sure do. It's uh, it's new to our building. It's uh, It came out a few years ago, but we just got a copy. I'm very exciting. I did snatch it off the shelves before anyone could get it, um, but it Whoa. will be returned shortly. What a novel concept. <laughs> it's called A Map to the Sun by Sloan Leung. It's a... It's an incredible graphic novel. The story uh, follows like a, a ragtag team, basketball team. Um, and it, it talks a bit about sports, which isn't necessarily something I seek out in books. But what's great in this book is the characters. Um, it's just a great cast of characters. But we're talking about art here. So let's let's get to the art. Yeah, of which is art. perhaps... The most memorable thing about this graphic novel, it's mentioned in every single one of the reviews. I fact-checked myself. I looked it up today. It is, in fact, mentioned in all of the reviews of this book. It does something different than what I usually uh, look for in a graphic novel because, as we all know, I love a limited color palette. Love a limited color um, palette. However, we, we talk about a limited color palette probably yeah. every day. No joke. <laughs> It's been mentioned on Book Talk several times. Um, anyways, this one has a, an enormous range of color. It's a neon a dreamscape. It's got just a really wonderful use of color to help enhance the mood. Um, it also helps bring a sense of surrealism because the color it just goes from one edge of the page to the other. There's no white space in this book. It's all neon colors. Um, it does bring a sense of surrealism to a book that has a very realistic and heavy plot. Um, so I think it uses color in a very interesting way to make it very engaging and moving. There's a lot of movement in this book in the illustration and the color really just helps enhance that feeling, that moodiness. There's a lot of heavy topics in this book and the color does a great job at enhancing those and really bringing the reader into the story. And I just love 
the color palette of this book. I hardly ever see a graphic novel that uses this much color. It's very interesting. I think you get a lot of pops of like the neon against like some darker tones in it too, don't you? Like one page will be bright neon and then the next will be kind of like a more muted dark yeah, red. Yeah, the, kind the of colorscape thing. changes page to page as the story develops. You have some pages that are going to be completely like dark reds, purples. The next page is going to be a neon yellow, all neon yellow. It's very interesting because it's not a consistent colorscape. It changes as the story changes, which I think is just a very smart use of color. Passing the mic. Yeah. Even though we all have our own. <laughs> now, we only are sharing one. It, that People can't see it. It's quite a visual feat that we pull off here. It's like a hot potato that just goes around. That's right. <laughs> Julia keeps trying to pull it away from me. <laughs> oh, my God. I would never. <laughs> she wouldn't. 46 paintbrushes. Right. <laughs> That's because you guys are team chaos and you were in charge of the paintbrushes and team order we missed that little sneak in i don't even think i had a hand in the paintbrushes no i'm most i am blaming jeff solely I was filling up paint cups but anyways Je i am blaming jeff 100 percent. you can't blame me i'm a guest i that means i can't blame on your podcast <laughs> well host. we certainly can't blame ourselves can <laughs> what, we? what was this is this some sort of gotcha you got me on your show to to just get yeah, me on mic yeah. Admitting and to putting. Now that we're talking about mistakes from Jeff. <laughs> gotcha, Jeff. Oh, dear. No. no. Um, Thank you so much for being here. Yes, we are very honored to have you both as our guests on our podcast. You would never. That's a subset of another podcast. You can say our podcast is a guest of Jeff's podcast. That's right. Yeah. Um, what a nice very concept. meta here at the library. <laughs> so meta. Um, actually, do you want to move on to your book, though, Everett? Because you do, yours is more focused about like line and, and whatnot rather than color. Because I know we've talked a lot about color so far. Yeah. So um, this is, I'm really, I'm really a fan of picture book biographies. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, this one would be, this is from the kids area. Uh, and a picture book biography is kind of what it sounds like. It's going to be about the length of a picture book, which is 32 pages on average. Um, and it's going to tell the story through a lot of pictures um, and, you know, a good amount of text, but not like usually not whole paragraphs. Um, and you're going to learn about somebody. So it's great when, you know, kids are just learning to read on their own or they're doing a book report, maybe they're in first, second, third grade. These are really good picks. And and there's just more and more really excellent picture book biographies coming out. So ask a youth librarian, we can point you in the right direction. Ask Everett and I'll give you my favorites. <laughs> um, so this one is called Child of the Flower Song People. Uh, and, I, and it is about Luz Jimenez and I'm gonna apologize I am not good at words, so if I mispronounce something, forgive me. Um, and it is uh, about Luz, who um, grows up. She is a member of the Nahua community in Mexico on this early 1900s, and um, through you know the ups and downs of in Mexican history with the Mexican Revolution. Um, she finds herself in Mexico City. And basically through through the years, 
her culture, her language, her family's and um, ancestors' history is being lost, right? Mm -hmm. um, I don't think the book ever directly talks about assimilation, but it is kind of as a result of that um, culture-wide. And she kind of just, she gets, it all starts with her starting to model for artists. So she even modeled for Diego Rivera. So that's an, an artist I think many of the listeners will be um, familiar with. And in that process, they her story came out and she was able to advocate for her people and her culture and her language. And she even went on to teaching um, so that she can pass it on, not just to future generations, but educate um, people inside and outside of Mexico of a culture that was almost lost. Um, and so she's a very powerful person um, in the scheme of like, who would I want to meet if I could meet them? I definitely would have wanted to meet her. She seems like she knew herself and she had a very strong voice that she, um, against kind of all odds, made, uh, made heard. Um, and so like she was in the art world, which is what I think is kind of cool about the book. Um, but the art uses a pre-Columbian style that I think echoes what she was doing, which is kind of bridging a history, pulling it into the modern era so it doesn't get lost. And I think the artist, um, Duncan Tanatua, does a similar thing by using this art style. And if you're familiar with that illustrator, um, you probably have seen it in... Uh, Princess and the Warrior, we've got Separate is Never Equal, um, books you can get from the library. Uh, so he illustrates a lot of books and it's a similar style. And I think it does a really good job of yeah, echoing her story and what was really important for her. And it has this kind of, I mean, I know it's, it's, it's in a book, so it's not going to actually be three-dimensional, but it has a bit of a 2D uh, flat quality to it um, and it it yeah it does a lot of things with lines and sort of visual grids um, that it isn't exactly like a comic cell where you're reading you know from cell to cell but you you are you're without any effort on behalf of the reader naturally able to kind of follow the story along the page where it it uses a way of um kind of showing the passage of time on a single page um, just by um, how he distributes the characters across the page. So really inspiring story, really beautiful art. Um, the colors just pop. And um, I, I really recommend this book and any, any others that he has illustrated. Um, so yeah, I really like that choice. Um, I think the illustration style really, really lends itself to the story that's being told there. And it's such a powerful story, uh, as you've mentioned. So that's that's really great. It's excellent choice. Two thumbs up from Aaron and Julia. <laughs> and Captain. And Captain. <laughs> Swing along. <laughs> the yeah. most important opinion of all. The harshest critic. <laughs> the harshest critic. So, uh, Jeff, mm -hmm. you alluded to your story earlier when talking about a badger mask. Oh, yeah. Care? Best for last. Oh, I don't know if it's the best, but 
I've on this podcast more than once being declared a badger. So I picked a book that is about a badger. It's by Hugh Lewis Jones and it's illustrated by Ben Sanders. And it's about, um, I think a search for identity and possibly self love. This is about a badger who realizes that half of, half of its fur is black, half of its fur is white. Who am I? What do I do? What is my place in the world? Uh, am I supposed to have all one color? And then he gets extra confused about where he fits in the world because he falls into a bunch of blueberries and uh, gets a entire stained uh, backside. Oh, and I hate when that happens. <laughs> now he's white, blue, and black. So he starts to go through the animal world and he talks to a skunk and a panda and a zebra and an orca whale. If you're seeing a trend here, these are all animals who... They don't, they're not all black. They're not all white. And he's like, well, wh- where do you guys fit? What are you, what's your deal? What are you all about? And they don't really give poor Badger like solid answers or solid like insights into where he fits in the world or what the meaning of life really is. And he's like, but what about all this blue on me too? What am I supposed to do here? They're not very helpful until, and I don't know if this was de- by design, he comes to find a, a penguin who really, really illuminates things for the Badger and says, look, Badger, I think you're great. Look at me. I'm a bird who can't fly, and I'm fine with that. And it's very empowering. And then he says, Badger, have you ever tried swimming? Like, maybe that's your thing. And it turns out the Badger's really good in the water. And so (laughs) he comes to a place of comfort. Uh, The illustration is, it's interesting. The Badger and all the animals are, they almost look like pencil lead. They're kind of like, they have this shady quality to them, this kind of like airy, foggy quality. And they're often depicted against like very vibrant backgrounds like turquoise or yellow. And you can start to see the yellow and the turquoise sort of bleed through the shadings. So I thought that was pretty cool. And the blueberries are pretty, pretty nice too for a splash of color. But it's kind of a, it's kind of a limited color palette. (gasps) There's, it's kind of... (laughs) Julia, see it with me. Oh, and, and also a limited color oh, palette. The timing was off. Oh no. Also, also a dairy a dairy cow. It's all it's kind of a uh, uh, go ask go ask the skunk, go ask the cow, go ask the whale, go ask, and then the penguin at the end is apparently the keeper of all the knowledge. Maybe the book should have been called Penguin. I wonder. And then they all eat blueberries together at the end. I wonder if the choice of the penguin has to do with the classic joke of uh, what's black and white and red all over. I think that's possibly where they where they go up but uh, also yeah. there are very there are many very smart penguins in picture books mm-hmm. so true uh so maybe there's just something like the wise old owl maybe there is something similar about penguins i also just picked this book up because it had a badger i'm worried not gonna lie uh because i didn't see the cow eating blueberries with them yeah did i miss it or there was a cow eating blueberries oh wait no the, the group of the, them the cow is not invited to the oh my to, gosh to the what happened the there end. poor cow why isn't he um, eating blueberries i will be writing to the illustrator of this book the orca whale also isn't invited oh my gosh i mean that one kind of checks out where it's the body of water mm-hmm. but right but the penguin comes <laughs> well <laughs> we're not sure what the temperature is <laughs> by the blueberry tree it's okay the art style is very beautiful it reminds me a lot of um i forget who the illustrator is for it um this is not my hat yeah. Oh, yeah, it's not. Is it Classen, the author and illustrator? Is I know it... Classen's the author. I can't remember if they also illustrated it or not. Okay. 
Um, which is, that is totally my bad. Illustrators deserve more credit, I think, than they're necessarily giving. Because we often think about a book, even like picture books, we give a lot of credit to the author. And mm-hmm. I think we don't give a lot of credit to the illustrators of these beautiful, beautiful pictures yeah. that really... It's very much a part of the story. It does tell part of the story. It's all class in. I looked it up. Oh, Librarian so skill. So the badger is <laughs> blue in two levels because it's stained with blueberries, but it's also a little sad that you can't really figure so out how deep who they are. But their friends, with the penguin doing a lot of heavy lifting, help the badger celebrate itself. And there are a lot of good picture books that do um, the same thing with the uh, breaking down complex emotions in a way that kids can start to process and understand and express uh so yeah i agree i like the double use of blue yeah um because that can be a way of describing maybe a sad feeling exactly now everett what you just said was very serious something on the other side of the table doesn't seem serious right now what is going on i forgot that i have my own copies of the notes and i craft errands mine is labeled errands on the top corner of my notes and i made julia her own copy of the note julia all right for folks at home julia did just lean over like she was cheating on a test And grabbed it, not me. <laughs> and then, oh, so... leaving the puppet. Sorry, but there are now <laughs> two sets of notes on the table, and they there one is one with Julia's name on it. Yeah, so. and a flower. Yeah, Thank I you. drew her a beautiful flower. More art. You're welcome. I thought it reminded me of um, some other art that you've been doing lately, so I thought I'd tie it in. Oh, I have more art to plug. So tiny art yes. is happening. Lovely. We hope people will bring it back, and we'll have a reception on June. Please. June 29th. Please do, everyone, because yeah. I love to see the yeah. first art exhibit we did with the Tiny Art. It was phenomenal. Everyone was very it talented. Was so incredible. Very talented. I love to see it. Then later on, on July 27th, we have another art reception for a local artist named Sam Qatar, who's going to be here. She's amazing. Then on our, July 29th, we're going to have an art swap. A swap? What is <laughs> Jeff, please. Is this like a bake sale, like bake sw- baking swap, plant swap thing? Yep, exactly. Exactly. If you... Now, you don't have to have created the art. I was going to say, because no one's going to swap their beautiful art for what I would create. But if you have framed art in your basement or your attic that you have realized has not been hung in a long time and is now gathering dust, you can bring it to the library. Does it have to be framed? (sighs) Can it be something that we've created, though? Like, let's say someone, let's say Julia created a beautiful masterpiece of a painting. Could she bring that in and swap it with someone else's? She can bring in a beautiful masterpiece that she created, given that she's ready to swap it with everything that entails. And given that it has a frame question. (laughs) She's sharing her art with the world. Or if you have, and this is especially uh, germane to Julia, if you have excess paintbrushes, maybe, uh, or art supplies. (laughs) Or an- I'm putting all those paintbrushes in a box for more, whoever wants them. More details soon. More details soon. Uh, just, just going back to the art and books, I wanted to plug our newest story trail book. Yes, it has some great examples of art in it. Um, so the book is The Big Umbrella by Amy June Bates. Aaron and I were discussing the art in this book. Um, we recently were putting together uh, the pages of the story trail. Um, and uh, this book loves a, a two-page spread. 
and yes. uh, and uses colors in a very interesting way. Yes, it uses the two-page spread very effectively, I think, um, because, A, we're trying to showcase a particular part of the story and how the umbrella all, it gets bigger and bigger, essentially. Um, and, you know, obviously that needs to take up a two-page spread to show that size, but uh, even just how the f- shots are framed over a two-page spread, I think is helping with the storytelling element of the book. And yeah, the colors are, are beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, they play a lot with like the hot and the cold kind of temperatures very well. And, you know, it really showcases the umbrella, I would say. Yeah, yeah. It's always interesting because in the double page spreads that include the umbrella, it's always exactly in the middle. It's like uh, got a nice use of symmetry. Um, anyways, all's that to say, go check out the big umbrella. It's at Martin Road Park. Or it will be very soon. Very soon. Very soon. This is coming out June 10th. June 10th. So uh, there you yes. go. I'm that's existing it. in the future right and, now. And I'm well, existing in the present. So that's on me. Yes. By the time you, you listeners hear this, there will be a new book on the story trail at Martin Road Park, The Big Umbrella. Uh, we use librarians. They we put a lot of work into that story trail from from preparing this story to getting it installed. Um, so, and this one we picked with summer reading in mind because the theme is all together now. Um, and as you will see in this story, uh, beyond comprehension, a lot of folks manage to gather all together under this very big umbrella um, because there is space for everybody in that umbrella and there is space for everybody here in our community and the library we like to to uh, say and make possible through our programming and uh, the other services and books we have here. Absolutely. That was a great wrap up. That was a, yeah. Hold on, we're not done yet. We're not done yet. We're almost done. I will. <laughs> How are we going to go on from that? That was Julie has left Everett. the room. She stormed yeah, out. Did you all hear me Julia, slam the door on my back. way out? Please, I need you. I can't do this. Just podcast. threw her headphones. Okay. Where, where are we adding yeah, Foley later? What's that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Under the umbrella of the city over at City Hall, which is just across from the parking lot from us, they have the Ferndale Arts and Cultural Commission, which helps coordinate the murals you see when you go downtown through Nymau. Yeah. And they're starting something new called the Ferndale Collective, which is like an art census. So if you're an artist in the area, you just add your info and they help you network. But this is a plug for a future episode. The Ferndale Arts and Cultural Commission will be on this podcast. They're even looking to do like a new mural or something like that. I've seen on their Instagram. So that'll be exciting for the city. They're going to give us all the details on a future episode. Like stay tuned for, I guess. Yeah. I love it. Write so, in your questions before that. I'll wrap up by saying congrats <laughs> on a serious episode. 
Thank you. We were very serious the whole time. Quite. Don't expect this in any future yeah, podcast. This, this was, was it. Literally the extent of our, the seriousness Shut that we down. can bring. Shut it down. Shut it Next down. episode is just all going to be us. Goofs and giggles. Goofs and giggles episode. and only inside jokes. Just, and a, we all just a box full of paintbrushes. Just no <laughs> rules. We're just going to throw the rules out the window. and Along with the paintbrushes. <laughs> Yeah, this is going to be more visual media. You know what I think really made the difference today, Jeff? What? Julie and I did not coordinate outfits. I know. That's saying something. <laughs> yeah, and we didn't bring any pins or gifts for up, anyone. Up until, yeah. this, up until this point, your regular fans thought that you had. They can't see us right now, but now they're shocked. Okay, to learn actually, this. we are wearing I'm... the same outfit. <laughs> no, you can't lie, Julia. We, we can't spread misinformation. They need to know that they can tell it's really serious if we're not matching. That's how they know when they walk into the library what kind of day it is. Yeah. What more to say? <laughs> oh, so it's time for the outro. <laughs> Julia. You need to you, <laughs> hold on. You, you need to wrap up and say goodbye to everybody. <laughs> uh, and I, I need to thank the friends of the Ferndale Library for making this podcast possible. Yes. Now you can take over. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of A Little Too Loud. Thank you, Everett, for thank coming you. on. Thank you, Jeff, for being our regular guest. No problem. Slash also setting up all the equipment and having us on your podcast as a subsidiary podcast. Thank you, I set cardboard. everything up and then they steal it from me. Yes. Just... Thank you, Cardboard, for always being there. Yeah. And, uh... Thanks for everyone listening at home. I hope you had a great time listening to us talk about art. Okay. <clears throat> this is the outro. Bye.